This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Every corner of the world is different, and that means the way consumers buy and absorb media is different as well. In the U.S., email is a massive channel for brands to reach customers. But what about on continents such as Africa? With a population of more than 1.2 billion individuals, what drives the African consumer? What channels are businesses using to reach them? And where are some of the biggest differences between them and the Western consumer? The last five years, the startup ecosystem has taken off aggressively. People are now building services, products and services on top of the networks, on top of what the telcos have been able to achieve. The possibilities of what can happen with that sort of infrastructure is taking off. However, the depth of innovation we have seen is really five years old. And the financial technology ecosystem has taken an outsized lead in that. Ilo Uma is the founder and CEO of Terragon Group, a predictive MarTech service that is helping African companies connect and reach customers more thoughtfully and effectively. On this episode of Marketing Trends, Elo explains some key differences between the African and American consumer, why email marketing is not a big driver for his customers, and how Terragon is using data and analytics across all channels to help its customers effectively reach its desired audience. Enjoy this episode. This message is brought to you by Salesforce. Hey marketers, today's B2B buyers are more complex than ever and every buying committee has different needs and goals. Salesforce can help. We'll show you how to put each and every customer at the center of your B2B marketing strategy, and you'll learn how top brands like Lyft approach account-based marketing. Salesforce, market to every account, speak to every buyer. Find free B2B marketing and ABM resources at sfdc.co slash every dash buyer. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends, and today we are joined by a special guest. Hello, how are you? Very well, very well, very well. Ian, thanks for having me on Marketing Trends. I'm looking forward to, to the time. Thanks. Yeah, we're excited to, to chat with you today. Your company is really rad uh, and doing some amazing stuff in the MarTech space. We're going to be talking a lot about Africa and about MarTech in Africa and the, and the scene there that, that your company is leading. So um, let's get into it. How'd you get started in marketing in the first place? Um, I've been in marketing now effectively for 11 years. Um, before, um, before getting into marketing, I, I worked in mobile, joined a startup right after undergrad. Um, and we were helping telcos, um, the AT&Ts and Verizons of this world to launch services. Um, at the time, there weren't smartphones, of course. So most of the services were like ringtones and SMS services. Um, we took that company, we grew the company over six, seven years and took it public locally. Um, it was an outsized success. And um, in between that, I worked in several markets in Africa, understanding the mobile customer in, on, on the continent and, and, and the needs. And as a smartphone launched in 2007, I was living in Nairobi, Kenya at the time. And I think this was what planted the whole idea around marketing into my, started to get me thinking about the possibilities of what the smartphone could offer. Um, and then that was that was with the launch of the iPhone, the aggregation of media into the into the mobile device. We started to think. I started to think a lot about um, the power in 
connecting people, individuals who held these devices with the right sort of information, content, et cetera. So that is, that is really communication. That's marketing technology and marketing communication. So um, that is what really, really where um, I started to tweak my thinking around um, marketing. And that led me to start thinking entrepreneurial. How do I solve this problem on the continent? At the time, there was less than 5% smartphone penetration. But it was a continent that was going to be mobile first. Um, and this is zero desktop, zero internet. It was going to be, the internet was going to come to the mobile device. So it was the, the opportunity to leverage this you know, pervasive connection that is going to get to you know, a billion people. Because the continent is 1.2 billion people. How do we build the systems and the solutions to help companies enable that connection? Um, that led to the launch of Terragon in, in 2010. But at the time, there were not smartphones, so we were essentially just a digital media agency-type business, and we launched Africa's first mobile ad network. Um, mobile advertising was the, was the solution, was the problem that we needed to solve for. That was what was relevant. So we, were, we had an agency business and a mobile advertising network, um, the largest on the continent. We did that for um, about eight years, and we figured that we was profitable, organic, didn't raise the external capital, and we started to think about what is next after that. We saw that we couldn't cover the entire continent. We couldn't be the, as dominant as we would like to. And the opportunity and the, and the problems were still prevalent, right? So, and how do, we, how do we solve for that? We needed to come up with an Africa approach, an Africa unique approach. And that is what led us to pivot the business with data analytics and, 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 and MarTech and Martech business. And that's where we are today. When, you know, like Africa's an, an enormous place, right? To say, so to set your sights and to say like, you know, we are going to be, you know, the premier you know, MarTech platform for Africa is a bold statement, right? It's, it's something that, um, you know, obviously your team had so much success in the first eight years. So what was the next three years like to do that? That's a fair question. So thinking about it, right, we want to be, want to be the leaders. So we, and today we think we are leading MarTech solution, MarTech platform on the continent. If we were doing it how everybody else has done it in other parts of the world, not it differentiates us, it's even harder. Um, but in our case, we are doing it in the way we think it should be done in Africa. For the business we're building, there is no blueprint. So anybody who is thinking about marketing technology in Africa cannot be thinking about it, how marketing technology is in the US or how marketing technology is in Europe. I think there are similarities and those similarities are limited to business models. In terms of what the, the pieces, the platform, the tech stack, the customer relationships, the go-to-market approach, those elements are quite different. And that puts us in a unique position. So we measure ourselves, not against what other people have done, but against what is relevant to the market. And in a market where there is really nobody who is solving for the real African concerns, then that puts us ahead and that puts us in a very unique position. So I would say, it's both, but it's not, that doesn't make it easy. We measure it based on our own um, milestones and our own standards. And I'm so curious, like having a mobile ad network and, you know, having that agency kind of skill set and moving into the technology, into the MarTech space, it seems like, you know, having all three of those things together is a pretty advantageous kind of position. I mean, you don't necessarily see a ton of companies in the U.S., have kind of all of those things. A lot of times they're they're leveraging other, you know, ad networks and things like that. But if you're able to have all of those things, is that is that a huge competitive advantage for you all? Yes, it is. It is. And we wouldn't have been able to pivot to a data analytics and mobile and, and market business if we didn't have those components. Those components set us up 
to make a pivot. It also offered us the pillars. And those pillars, we then built our data management platforms on top of those pillars. The space is changing. It's changing a lot. Technology is moving very fast in terms of maturity and the next things. However, those pillars is what we stand on um, to make this pivot. Without those, without those pillars, we, we wouldn't be here. Um, it does put us in a very, very unique position. And this is more from market knowledge perspective, but in terms of the hard assets, uh, the tech stack that, is, that connects into telcos, which is a unique differentiation for us. The, the ad network business, which has relationships with some of the largest programmatic exchanges globally. These are also partners that we have data exchange agreements with. So these things are, if we're going to start all of this from scratch, we will not have all three pillars. We'll go on a journey and we would have to raise tons and tons of, and tons of capital. That doesn't mean that we don't have to raise capital today. However, we already had something going and we have intelligently, we think, um, pivoted it to something that is a bit more relevant um, to the times. You know, we, we talk a lot about this full stack approach, you know, obviously being able to connect everything. When you can add in the fact that, you know, you have omni-channel access to 100 million mobile-first African consumers, that's something that any size business in Africa seems like they'd want to be able to tap into, right? Or and not even just Africa, but like <laughs> anyone who wants to tap in, into the, you know, mobile-first African, uh, you know, audience. Completely agree. I think um, there's just under 500 million unique, unique connections on the continent. If we take 100 million of those, that is just above, um, just that's about um, 20% of the connections. Of these people, 60, 70% of them are very young people. Of that population, of that number, we need to be in a position where we are, where we are the one stop or the premier choice to yeah. anybody who's trying to connect to, to mobile. And when we think about what are these connections, right? So somebody picks up a smartphone, has 10 apps on it. That person is going to grow to 50 apps. How do we put ourselves in the value chain so that we enable ongoing customer engagement, retention on those mobile apps and grow that ecosystem of services for each of these customers? Like I talk about what does, what will success look like? Success is going to look like building out a business, right? That business is one that an enterprise software is in, most of these enterprise companies, SMBs, large companies, large enterprises, and we're able to deliver 50 cents worth of interactions, of, of events on an annual basis to each of these 100 million customers. That is the sort of business we want, to, we want to be able to build in Africa. And the opportunity is there. It's very, very clear. It's, it's, the demand is today latent, but we are putting in quite a bit of education um, to get folks going. It's picking up. 300% growth last year. This year, we've already surpassed that. But when we think about what is coming, it could be very, very, very interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. Congrats on the, uh, on the success. I, I got to ask, why, uh, why the name? Why Terragon? So that was you know, entrepreneurship, right? Um, 2008-09, that was when that name came to uh, mind. Um, this was at the launch of the smartphone. People were picking up the first smartphones, right? Everybody's doing the migration. In Africa, when I saw the smartphone, I, there were just so many possibilities that came up, right? Um, and this is really the iPhone. And I thought about the size of the opportunity in Africa, the size of the opportunity that a smartphone could create. You know, computers, internet at the time was just limited to guys who went to work and had a laptop or had a desktop. Um, homes didn't have, broadband has been mobile. 
the evolution in the US and in Europe there hasn't been the evolution in Africa. So I thought about that, Terra, that is, and at the time, Terra was the, you know, the, the years of Pentiums, right? So Terra was a pretty big deal. And then Gone was from geometry, right? It's going to take polygons, hexagons, so it's going to take multiple big size, and it's going to take several shapes. It's going to take different sides. There's going to be different sides to the opportunity. And that is, it's, to today, it's still relevant, right? The pain of a large enterprise is different from the pain of an SMB. The pain of a bank is different from the pain of a telco. The pain of a CPG brand, like a consumer package goods brand, it's fairly different from the pain of a digital native. But what we all of them have in common is that they want to intelligently connect to their customer, multiple sides to, the, to this massive opportunity. So, you know, you, you touched on a little bit what it was like back in 2008 or nine. And like you said, I mean, this is like iPhone comes out, you know, the, the world is in different levels of, of uh, this kind of like mobile awakening, for lack of a better term. So what's Africa like now? I mean, I know it's a, it's a massive place, but generally speaking, like where, where is Africa at in this mobile journey? You mentioned, you mentioned some, some huge numbers there, but what does it look like from a marketing perspective of people trying to reach African consumers? I think over the last five years, the startup ecosystem has taken off aggressively. People are now building services, products and services on top of the networks, on top of what the telcos have been able to achieve in terms of networks, right? Quite a, there's quite a bit of connectivity from a voice standpoint. We take that for granted today. Internet connectivity is at a 4G level. 5G is being rolled out in some markets already. Um, so the possibilities of what can happen is taking off. However, the depth of innovation we have seen is really five years old. And the financial technology ecosystem has taken an outsized lead in that. Why? Because by the time you digitize financial flows, several other things can happen easily, right? So it typically takes the lead. And money is really the easiest thing to digitize, right? So the continent today, there is now the need to start looking at other areas so as money is being digitized, there's stronger flows online of commercial activity, right? But commercial activity would not happen if companies, SMBs, large companies, do not know who their customers are. That's a problem that needs to be solved. If the internet access to a kid who needs to walk, you know, 10 kilometers to and fro school every day, and potentially the parents have a mobile phone, can take their classes online, and that is an edtech opportunity. So how do we innovate around broadband pricing? How do we innovate around providing a package solution to this parent whose kid has to walk 10 kilometers to and fro? The thinking around that has started to take shape. So it's a mixed bag of several opportunities that will require entrepreneurs who have a vision to make life or to make things better, to take up these opportunities and turn them into opportunities um, to make things easier for people. That is one of the spaces we have picked up. We've picked up marketing technology. We've taken up a business model, which is one that most people should be used to um, because they've been buying Oracle, they've been buying Microsoft solutions and enterprise software, SaaS. And we've taken up a SaaS opportunity, but built a product that is unique to Africa. And, and um, today, we are still in very early days. It's not by in any means um, close to maturing. However, 
Um, it requires speed um, because markets, technology is now, it's not flat, right? Because we are doing data analytics. Several companies in the US are doing data analytics. So <laughs> everybody's solving for a problem that is relevant today. So speed, is, speed continues to be of the essence. You touched a little bit on, on, on businesses and entrepreneurs. I'm curious, like, what do you, know, you and your peers look at when it comes to, from a B2B standpoint, tools? Like, you know, how many folks are, are leveraging things that are you know, global products versus companies that are you know, down the street? What's kind of the mix there? I, I know, like, you know, I mean, here in the Bay Area, it's, it's, it's a little different because you know, you throw a stone, you hit a tech company and, and uh, who's trying to get you to, you know, demo their brand new product. But but I'm curious, like, what are, are the folks from a B2B perspective, you know, looking external to, to you know, the geographic area? Are they looking internal? Is it kind of a bit of both? I think it's a bit of both. I, I wouldn't say they're not looking external. I think they are looking external. But when you look at the products that are coming externally into the market, Mobile and digital transformation over the last five years has been driven significantly by mobile. And that's, that's, that's the same across the world. But when you look at Africa, financial flows have, have had significant maturity on a channel that is not based on the internet. Yeah. Right? So it's a native telco channel, which is USSD. So financial payments, bill payments, all sorts of things have gone. The, the depth of innovation that has happened on that channel has been significant. So from a MarTech perspective, and also the way people interact with their phones, they interact with their phones both on the internet and also offline, SMS, USSD as well. I don't think you can build out a MarTech solution on the continent if you do not take into consideration both channels, yeah. web channels and non-web channels. In other parts of the world, the unique identifier in the US, for instance, has been emails. In Africa, in a place where people just picked up, people didn't, never had desktops, so emails never became prevalent, right? People's first foray to the internet has been on mobile. Therefore, you can't build a solution that does not take that depends on a unique identifier being email. It needs to be a mobile phone number. When we bring all these characteristics together, that is what we have built in our product. Therefore, B2B companies are thinking solutions which we have built out of wherever we are based, and we sell it to enterprises in Africa. Yeah. Enterprises in Africa will ask the question, hey guys, there's a mixed match here. I cannot get to my customer via email. I'm one of the few guys who has had an email for close to 20 years. However, I don't interact with my with any brand that I deal with via email. All my interactions are on mobile. That's amazing. So solutions that are local will be absolutely, um, but they have to be there. The depth of innovation has to be there. The products and the product need to be relevant. The product needs to be strong. You know, it's still the same challenges. The innovation, the market is begging for that innovation. The market needs entrepreneurs to deal with this to do with these challenges. It's a great point and something that, like you said, the go-to-market strategy for, I mean, almost any B2B company that's built in America is going to be email first, right? Email capture. Everything is email capture, right? And if that's your plan, that it's just not going to work. I, you know, you said something that I find really interesting about that SMS piece. I, I don't know if you ever heard the story of, um, there's this company, Kit, that eventually got acquired by Shopify. Their premise was essentially, uh, we're going to build a tool for small businesses here in America that's 100% SMS. So basically, they could just text message things directly to, to Kit, and then it, would, uh, it could essentially like help run their business. And then eventually, they got acquired by Shopify. 
but the the founder who I know when I was I was talking to him, what's so crazy is he's like everybody mistook the opportunity. Like we mistook the opportunities. Like we were trying to build something that was totally different. And then all everyone, all the small businesses kept responding via SMS. Everybody was just, you know, so many small business owners just wanted to run their business SMS. They didn't want to do, uh, they didn't want to get into email. They didn't want to, uh, you know, do all this other stuff. They just wanted to be able to send off, send off text messages. And I think it just speaks to like so many businesses want to do the thing that is the fastest, that's the easiest, and is the way that they normally do business. Um, and it doesn't matter sometimes, you know, where you are, you have to understand like, you know, what's the what's the path to least resistance to getting your job done? I think it's absolutely spot on. And um, I think there are a number of those startup companies like takes now across the US, um, emotive, community, um, native SMS businesses. Because what we're seeing is that as phones get smarter, the mobile channel becomes more interactive. It becomes more intelligent, right? So you might, what the things you couldn't use the mobile channel to do before or the mobile number to do, you can, it's now, the mobile phone is get, becoming smarter and you can essentially support those things today. And that is what MarTech is for you, right? What are some other insights into, into African consumers? You know, the, the mobile one is, is, is a killer example there of, of not using email. What else? Like, what are some other things that, that you feel like, you know, as you're, as you're marketing uh, to Africans, that, that is a little different, that, that people probably get wrong? Everybody's, most, many people are connected in Africa. Africa is 1.2 billion people. There are about 700 million connections, of which 450 of them are unique connections. That is what Africa looks like today. These are mobile connections. Of that number, about 30, 40% of them are smartphones. However, when you look at that smartphone base of the 400 million, let's use the 400 million, and you say 200 million or 160 million of them are, are connected, are always on. It's not correct. Africa is a predominantly prepaid market. It means that 99% of African consumers who are prepaid, they buy their airtime, they buy their data on a need basis. So in the US, it's probably the flip. What am I saying the flip? It's, it's a lot more, right? Um, apart from students, anybody that has a job is on the postpaid line, right? And the technology over time has, that's what the technology has supported, right? When it wasn't GSM and stuff. But in Africa, it's mostly prepaid. And in that prepaid, there is a way people use their phones. There's a culture to it. And that culture needs to be built into products that are being offered to MarTech, as MarTech solutions. I give an example. I use my, somebody, like I'm, I'm, I'm one of the few who has a postpaid line and I'm, I have data that is always on. But predominantly 98% of the market has, they buy data on a need basis, right? So some days they're on Facebook. Some days they're not quite on Facebook. Some days they're on Instagram. Some days they're not. Some days they have a WhatsApp connection. Some days they don't. Um, when you look at all of this stuff, how do you make sure that you have a full view of that customer. To have that full view of the customer, you need to be integrated, connected, deep partnership with telcos. Because if you bring the telcos into the cloud, which is a big part of our mission, we are able to offer that view. We're able to pass that intelligence on to the demand side. Our demand side are clients who are buying an enterprise software. With that sort of insight, every communication is intelligent. Oh, to this time, today, we want to send him something that is 
that requires rich media. Oh, but he doesn't have data. Let's send it as an SMS and offer him a sponsored data link so that he can engage with that product because most of our communication is time bound. Or sometimes I want to send him stuff that essentially you can let's send it to him as an SMS because we want him to interact with it. That's another nuance to the average African uh, mobile um, customer. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, you think about like, again, the go-to-market for, for a software company that, you know, if you're, if you're a startup software company in, in whatever, in Silicon Valley, something like that, you're going to create your explainer video. You're going to create a bunch of videos. You're going to create a really easy self-serve model on your website. You're going to create, uh, you know, everything's going to be email capture. We'll follow up with you, you know, real-time chat, all that stuff. And, you know, for somebody who is, you know, on a meter plan, it's like, they might not be able to access any of that unless it's like every couple of days or something like that. And even then, you know, won't be able to watch the videos or, or whatever it is. It's just, I mean, it's easy to see how someone could get it so wrong. That is what we're learning. Every step of the way, we continue to try to understand some of these nuances and find ways to accommodate it in our product development process. So what else about the MarTech landscape in Africa? You know, obviously you all are a pioneer in this. You know, there's the the, the chart of the 8,000 MarTech companies here in, uh, I don't know if that's a US or if it's a global um, chart that they do. Uh, but, you know, we've all seen that a million, you know, MarTech companies in Africa. I, you know, what's the MarTech space look like? This is a very interesting question and I get it all the time. I get it a lot from investors, right? <laughs> Um, of course, investors. Yeah, <laughs> of course, they're investors curious. Have opinion that MarTech in Africa is too small. It's really not worth their time. Um, but just like many other challenges in business, that response or that level of understanding of the market is an entrepreneurial challenge, right? Because an entrepreneur needs to come and create, solve a problem to create an opportunity so that people see what is possible, absolutely possible. So. I do think that it is, I think it's very ignorant to take that position. And why do I say that? I say that because, and the next thing they say after that is, oh, Google and Facebook will take the entire, will take up the entire continent. And I acknowledge that Google and Facebook are very dominant in MarTech. Globally, in the US, it's the same thing. In Europe, it's the same. However, there have been MarTech companies that are thriving in each of those markets. So what is then the challenge? The challenge is we have been a digital agency and we've worked with all some of these guys. And what we found is that the growth in these markets digitally has plateaued. But how can it grow? How can a market growth of potential slow down when mobile access is growing astronomically? There's a bit of a mismatch. What I personally think and I have identified is the depth of innovation. Back to the earlier question we asked around the relevance of the products that are being offered on the continent. We are not solving the real problems for some of these companies. We are B2B businesses. We enable companies to talk to their consumers. If these consumers are picking up smartphones, these consumers are interacting, are delivering digital services, are buying, getting on e-commerce channels, then there is a place for digital. However, that digital needs to be relevant, needs to, be, needs to fit what the market is looking for. So I know for a fact that it's not a market sizing problem, because if you're going to have 1 billion connections, 
then somewhere in there, at least 10% of that market needs to be able to do something meaningful with their phones from a market perspective. And a company in Africa that is able to solve for the unique nuances, and if the data is pointing to those nuances, then there's a share of that opportunity that can be captured by these companies. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the the VC thing is always funny because I think that a lot of times their time horizon is this seven year time horizon where they want to, you know, exit. They want you to exit within seven years, right? Because that's when they, you know, owe results to their investors in a lot of cases. You know, that's simplifying it, but generally speaking, so it's like, yeah, they don't want to invest in it the next twenty years of something. But it's funny because they all love. Amazon or Netflix or, you know, whoever, Apple or Microsoft, all these, you know, Goliath companies that took 20 years to like truly become the enormous companies that they became, you know, and all of the investors of those companies all got rich. But, you know, I think that the, that the thing about, you know, Africa, you know, from my limited reading and understanding, which is so fascinating, is like you said, a culture that became mobile first, which is so fascinating because if, that's the experience that you were, you know, raised on, which is like mobile first, then like the way that you do business will be completely different. I mean, it already is completely different. The way that you, you know, think about the customer experience is completely different and accessing, you know, that massive group of people is, 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 it's clearly, you know, one of the great entrepreneurial, you know, endeavors and opportunities. So I I think it's super ignorant and short-sighted as well. Um, And it's just like so obvious, right? It's like, you know, you see like the, you know, the projections of, you know, cities like Lagos that are going to be, you know, as big as like the biggest city in the world. Um, you know, you're just talking about endless, endless opportunity for people that kind of seems like it's a no brainer to be investing in, in an ecosystem and getting in, you know, early in that, in that stage, like, like you've been doing for the last 15 years. Absolutely. Every step of the way we, we go back, we look we take two steps and we look backwards and see what, what have we learned? What should we do? What should we repeat or what can scale? We go back again and look and say, what did we do not too well? And how do we learn from it? It's, it's, that, that, has been, that has been the journey. Can you share a little bit about some of uh, Tarragon's customers um, that you all work with? I know we, we, we've talked a lot of, of you know, Africa generally, but specifically with your company, who are the types of customers that you're working with um, and what are some of the successes that, that they've had with you all? Um, over the last 18 months or so, we have done, we've, we've been very focused on enterprise customers. So we work with banks, um, helping banks, um, intelligently connected customers, mostly on non-web channels. Why? Because financial flows are on those channels. And then we work with brands across web and non-web. Um, some of these brands are, um, CPG brands from beer manufacturers to cosmetics and household goods. So the likes of Unilever, Heineken have been, have been notable customers of ours, continue to be. They have our product and are delivering on. Uh, and we, we continue to learn from our experiences with them to deliver on expectations. With financial services, um, over the last five to six years, banks in Africa have digitally transformed, digitally transformed their processes. And this is essentially it moved away from largely physical interactions with customers to mobile-first interactions with customers, and then deepening this mobile-first reach, supporting them from a market perspective to help them scale that effort and help them 
um, do three things. Increase average revenue per user, which we think is you know, ultimately what the, what the goal is. To the second thing we try to help them do is um, extend or improve customer lifetime value. And, and then the third one is, is, is drive down the customer acquisition. If we're able to bundle these three things um, effectively um, from client to client, we're very confident we'll be the dominant player across verticals. Um, over the last six months of this year, we are working with one of the largest internet groups to launch an SMB proposition for the African continent. It's going to change how marketing or marketing technology is done. Um, it will be a very, very strong proposition. And we are keen to, we're doubling down that effort. And we, we, we believe that it's going to be, going to be quite groundbreaking. So fingers crossed on that one. I, it's just so fascinating to me that, that you're setting up these campaigns on non-web channels, you know, for financial institutions. It's just so funny. Like, it's such an interesting piece of the marketing equation and one that, uh, that you know, you all have, have deep roots in. I'm, you know, I'm curious, how much are you helping the companies that you work with on like the creative side of this? Because you have such a pulse for you know, the, the, the geos that you're in, are, are, are you helping them like actually craft some of these campaigns as well? We, we are part of the process. So we have a customer success team that works hand in hand with, with our clients to um, deliver um, on the creatives, right? So uh, first of all, we're not a creative agency. Um, however, we, we think we have a good hand of how people interact on mobile. So there's some contribution from us on the creative process. What we rely a lot on is analytics, insights, and how that can improve that creative process. It's a highly collaborative um, process with our customers, and they have their traditional creative agencies who also work with them. That handshake is one that we, we, we like it a lot, we depend on it, but in the areas where we think we are very, very strong. The areas we are very, very strong, we, we, we put our foot down and say, oh, we think that this should be, this should go in this direction. The creative process is also one that is very dynamic and it's technology, technology helps and fosters that dynamism. That is also an area where we, the insights that we generate, we help feedback um, to the client and the creative and the larger creative team so that we get stronger outcomes. And product development is an area where we want to invest quite a bit of our capital um, in, in, the next, in the next funding round, which we are currently in the middle of. And the, the key here is how do we make our product, improve our product so that the outcomes in the three areas that I, I shared with you can be much stronger. And it comes down to being able to grab the attention of the mobile user in the shortest possible time is a direct output from a strong creative process. Okay, let's get into the lightning round questions. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing with Salesforce. You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more about marketing in the world's number one CRM. That is Salesforce. Lightning round questions, Elo. Are you ready? Yep, as much as possible. Number one, who is your favorite footballer? JJ Okocha. What do you do for fun? I travel. Any, uh, any, any spots? By the way, when we bring marketing trends to Nigeria, you're going to be the first person that we call uh, and, 
and uh, and we'll do like a live session from there someday. That'll be that'll be the dream. We just gotta gotta get the budget cleared. Uh, where should we where should we visit? I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to hosting you guys. Um, I would extend it across Africa. I think Lagos is the is the hotbed. Lagos is Lagos is at the heart of it. Um, like some people say, Lagos is at the trigger of Africa, and it's really really the trigger. You wouldn't have been to Africa if you don't if you don't if you don't visit Lagos. So very much welcoming you down this way. So let me know. Other places to visit will be East Africa. East Africa has um, at the core of it, which is from Kenya, Northern Kenya, and the Masai Mara down to the Victoria Falls. In fact, down to the Kalahari Desert. There's a lot to see in that. And that is also like the heart of Africa. Pure tourism, attractions, awesome stuff. Um, That is a different um, lens. You can go up north as well into North America, into North Africa, into Morocco, has some interesting sights and sounds, and Egypt, which I'm sure you know very well. So um, a lot to see. And Africa, all these places I've just mentioned are five hours apart. So Africa is a very huge place. You should give it, you're going to need to give it about, you know, 10 to 14 days. If you weren't in marketing or entrepreneurship at all, what do you think you'd be doing? I'll be running a football club in Nigeria role. Love it. That's awesome. Uh, last question. Best advice for uh, a first-time CEO trying to, uh, to figure out this whole thing? Solve a very hard problem. I love it. Hello. Thanks so much for joining the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, for our listeners, uh, by the way, great website. Um, love the website. Uh, go to terragongroup.com uh, to learn more. Um, any final thoughts? Anything to plug? Yeah, it's been, thanks for having me. I um, had a good time. Um, I thought the questions were super, super insightful. You know, I think we're all solving for the internet. Um, however, the nuances, there are some unique nuances that we need to build into our products and the cultures. So that is what we think we're um, leveraging. I was super confident of what the outcomes are going to be. So thanks very much. I'm looking forward to staying in touch. Awesome. Thanks again. Take care. Thank you. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration 
and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.